0: the silly goose gang
1: podcast and we've made it episode 51 of the silly goose gang podcast and we're delighted to be joined this evening by the great and powerful laura zera so laura thank you very much for joining us
0: thank you guys so much for having me
1: it's uh we've been looking forward to this one ever since we well obviously firstly we 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 put on to you by Bert Soren. Um It feels weird when you call these people by first names. So, like, I'll have to say Bert Soren, So, like, um, so yeah, Bert. Bert was on and he was talking about, I think he was talking about campaigns at the time. And then he said, Oh, you know, I've got this other crazy friend, Laura. Like, I don't know if you know her. And then she was telling us a story. Uh, so we, we kind of like both scribbled down the name. Like, who? it? <laughs> Let's message her. So, yeah. Uh, yeah here we are so that was well, uh...
0: i'm honored he was talking about me because he's the legend himself yeah,
1: so absolute sweetheart he's the first person that sent us something he sent us a, like a t-shirt each and some stickers oh, and also, he oh, yeah.
0: it. he's like one of the best guys just like hands down you can't say anything bad about him
1: he's an awesome guy i agree 100 so. what's funny as well is i think it was literally the next day like i was striking while the iron was still hot i jumped on instagram followed you slid casually into your dms and <laughs> you actually replied and said like you very rarely check that other folder and i yeah, it, was. it was perfect
0: timing. it was like meant to be because i i do i mean going in there sometimes is scary it's like i go in there when i want to laugh sometimes because man some, you know some of the weird pictures people send it's it's hilarious but it was perfect timing i saw your message i was like oh great i need to do this more often because there's actually people getting lost in here that i really want to talk to
1: yeah um yeah that's uh we 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 don't send well but to be fair we do send each other weird pictures but um generally (laughs) just just for the record possibly not the same weird pictures laura's referring to just before anyone's
0: what What kind of pictures you guys sending
1: (laughs) (laughs) so this morning, this morning when we were um not training jiu-jitsu because that's highly illegal ali pulled out uh a luchadori mask and I was like, why does a 42-year-old man have a fucking luchadori mask in his bag? I mean, I
0: think that's really important. I think if you if you don't have one, you're weird. So I, I kind of wish I wore mine now.
1: How, how else can I fully get into the character of El Loco Diablo? It just doesn't work <laughs> without the lucha mask. So, exactly. They're really important. Yeah, definitely. So I want to know about this crazy story that, that Bert um, told us.
0: Yes. Well, so I have this sick obsession with antlers where I love finding shed antlers. So every year, some people don't know, but every year elk and deer lose their antlers and I like to go and find them. It's like hunting for treasure and it's kind of a sickness and people ask me to explain why and I can't. I'll own the fact that there's no reason. I just love it. I mean, I think I never know what's going to happen out there and it's kind of like something that gets me out into these really remote places that leads to other cool experiences. But it's also just about the moment of finding that antler. So anyway, yeah, I go out uh, every spring. It's kind of like when the snow first starts melting is when the elk lose their sheds. I went out there for, you know, a month and carried all my own food on my back for a month, which is obviously really heavy and mostly butter because that's what I eat a lot <laughs> out there to keep weight on since I'm burning so many calories. And um, I mean, there's just no shoe that is going to have my feet be okay in that kind of terrain, that kind of distance with um, that kind of weight on my back. So. I mean, first day, my feet are just, you know, I mean, I think I made it maybe what, 20 miles before I was like, boots aren't happening anymore. Like my feet, the the backs of them get, you know, ripped off and the toenails all get blisters under them and then they pop off and it's, it's a train wreck, but it's worth it, you know? And it's like, it's like the price to pay. I always say like, I lose my toenails every year, like the deer lose their antlers. It's kind of like a tradition. but um. Yeah. I mean, this is a particularly rough one. I was hiking in like 50, 60 miles and ended up the the night that I got to my destination. I'll never forget. I went to sleep. It was pouring rain. I just like climbed into my sleeping bag in my bivy sack and I was in so much pain, but I was exhausted. But every time I rolled over, what happened was my feet where they were all, you know, open and weeping, the the skin would dry onto the sleeping bag. So every time I rolled over, it would like rip open the wound again. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I get up in the morning and I can't even barely hobble around camp. But then you just start walking in the mountains. And I'd say the first mile is pretty terrible. And then I don't know, maybe it's like your body realizes that the pain signals that it's sending aren't doing anything. So it just kind of says, all right, we're not going to pay attention to that anymore. And then I just go like a psycho until night, and then you know that's when you feel the pain. is like morning and night, but it's it's just worth it, and it's kind of like the cost of doing business. So, um, yeah, it's all about just like for me, those are the moments I feel alive. It's like you're pushing those edges, and you're you're uncomfortable, but you're getting to do something that you know. I mean, it's not like i seeing anyone else out there. No one else is crazy enough to do it, and I get to have these experiences that are just you know memorable to say the least. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, so all this happened. So, uh, so did you start getting tracked by some like bears or wolves or both?
0: Oh, I did. I had, so I had a uh, wolf pee on my, once I did finally set up a tarp, um, I had a wolf come and pee all over my sleeping bag and all over my tarp set up. Um, So I started peeing around the tent so that they wouldn't pee on it anymore as like a sign of dominance because, you know, you can't let them walk all over you, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, countless experiences out there where it's like, you know, you're, you're walking along and it's snowing. I mean, this one time in particular, I'm walking along and I'm entering this pretty dense forest, um, coniferous forest and you know, maybe an inch of snow on the ground, and I'm like, all right, I don't think this is a good spot for antlers. Like, it's a cool spot, but I'm heading the wrong direction. I want to go up and check out this ridge I was seeing before. Turn around, get maybe, I don't know, 20 feet or so behind me, and there's fresh wolf tracks in my tracks. You know, like, it's snowing. You can't cheat it. Like, it's literally just fresh prints in my prints, and the time that it took me to stop and say, all right, now I'm going to turn around and turn around and start walking back. Like somehow in those moments, the wolves were gone. So it's like, to me, it's, it's incredible. I almost take offense to the fact that they don't attack me because I'm like, man, I'm so vulnerable. Like I'm such easy prey. And it's like, they don't, you know, why, why aren't you attacking me? You guys could have taken me down so easily. Why am I not part of this system? You know, <laughs> but there's been so many moments like that. Um, same with mountain lions, you know, I think if, if mountain lions really wanted to eat people, people wouldn't go in the woods because, I mean, they're there and it's just incredible how you can't, you know, you, you rarely see them, but they're there. So uh, grizzly bears, I mean, same thing, I've been super co- close to grizzlies and I don't know why they don't attack me, but I'm going to knock on wood right now. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> You know, as long as you follow the rules 90% of the time, maybe 95% of the time, you're going to be okay. You're always going to get the psycho bear, like you get psycho people that are um, going to push the edges. But I don't know, it's it's worth it. I, I think I'm more likely to die in a car accident, to be honest. Yeah, That's probably. dangerous.
1: So after you get back, you run a 50k... <laughs>
0: Yeah, a friend of mine, um, he was going to run a 50k and I, so actually funny enough, the only race I'd ever run before that was Cam Haynes' 5k in Vegas. It's like a, like a fun 5k he, he does every year at SHOT Show. So um, i run that once and I was like, that was cool. Um friend of mine was signing up for an ultra marathon and I was like, sure, like I'll do it with you. That sounds like fun. So I had all these great plans for, you know, training, but I ended up going out and, uh heading into the mountains and I hadn't run and you know over a month but I'd been in the mountains I figured it wouldn't be a problem and yeah I hobbled up to the starting line and you know I hadn't gone my first mile yet so I could barely walk still and I'm hobbling up there and all these people at the starting line are looking at me like are you okay ma'am like are you gonna be okay with this most people hobble at the end I'm like no it's great just give me that first mile and I'm good um and it was super fun and I really want to run another but I just I, I don't know i have to like make that commitment scheduling is no. probably probably the hardest thing but
1: no pressure but there's some pretty awesome races in scotland
0: oh i'm sign me up then i i feel like i do i just need to pull the trigger like i don't know can i travel there what's the deal now the world's weird
1: yeah i think probably have to wait till next year the way things are going but eventually yep. i'll open back up
0: dirty this american year. over here so <laughs>
1: yeah Do you know know the funniest part of that story you were just telling me, Laura, is you're casually throwing in the fact that, like, there's wolves, there's mountain lions, there's grizzlies. Now, Chris does a lot of hill climbing, and he messaged me once when he was halfway up. It might have been Ben Nevis, the tallest mountain in Scotland. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And obviously, he goes up early morning, so he heads up into the hills about 3 a.m., so he's up at the summit for sunrise it's uh. the highest point in scotland sometimes you get cracking you know as long as the weather's okay you got a stunning stunning view so chris messages me he's got the head torch on because it's dark and there's obviously in scotland we don't have grizzly bears just for the record we uh-huh. don't have mountain lions just for the record we don't even have wild wolves just for the record what we do have on ben nevis is sheep oh commercial sheep not like bighorn sheep just sheep okay. right and Chris. Chris was seeing the eye shine and was like, maybe it is a grizzly, maybe it is. So proceeded to run with his lock knife in his pocket open yes! just in case. So, um, Hey,
0: you can't, you know, you can't be too sure. You never know, it could be like the first one. Someone brought it over as a pet and released it. Had a taste for human blood. I don't know.
1: <laughs> there has been big cat sightings in Scotland. Nothing confirmed, but my logic, so the logic was, I had a multi-tool, uh, my Leatherman, in and, uh, and my bag, like my bag's always packed, you know, like, like a bivvy bag and spare warm layers, gloves, food, all sorts of shit. And I, I'm, I'm going to the hell and I keep seeing these little demon fucking eyes and I'm like, what the fuck? It's, like, it's a sheep, I know it's a sheep, but it's not a sheep. And then it's like, okay, I have a knife, so the knife is no use in my bag, so I should put it in my pocket. And then it's like, okay, but... It's no use being closed so i might as well open it so then i'm just walking up ben nevis like <laughs> 5 a.m with a knife so if anything anybody... and you stab yourself and you're your enemy okay idiot but you know that's how it worked but then like i've run a marathon at and this is the same thing happened so i ran a marathon uh in northumbria so it was like the darkest skies in the uk just over the border in england so you start at like 6 p.m um and it gets dark, so you start. You finish the marathon at night, but there's like running through these woods. I only signed up for the marathon because apparently you could see the Milky Way, so I did the marathon just to do that, and I didn't see it. So oh. I'm it starts getting trippy and there's these trees and no branches on them, and in my head, like a lone head torch, and it's like, "What? Oh, there's a bear!" Like, and I was looking <laughs> for the last like seven miles of the marathon. it's just looking at trees to like, I'm going to climb up that tree. If there's a fucking bear, I'm go- I'm up that tree to the finishing line and you get like a, some hot soup and everything and he's like there's no fucking bears what the fuck so <laughs> it's, let's be prepared I mean, yeah it's, 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 it's nature, nature though
0: you just don't know you know aren't there like hippos in Colombia? from who is it like pablo uh, escobar
1: Escobar, yes Your hippos yeah.
0: are still there you know it's like you wouldn't expect hippos to be there but they are so you always got to be prepared
1: there That's has a... been big cat sightings in scotland but nothing confirmed but But on the flip of that on the flip of that though i used to i used to surf and go scuba diving all the time around the coast of scotland and you get basking sharks and you get big seals but nothing else but there were times when i'd be going through kelp and i would just hear oh
0: totally
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) like still have that survival instinct in them even though you know the chances are obviously pretty low it's like the amount of times people think about it is kind of amazing and then you hear stories like i was just talking to someone um who was telling me story about stories about russians killing grizzly you know brown bears with knives like wrapping their arm up and padding and going and like stabbing bears and using that arm as like a sacrificial arm to stabbing and and kill brown bears with a knife so i don't feel like a badass at all i mean i've never done that
1: that is proper I got kicked out again there yeah, and I don't know why. I was about to say, you, you've totally frozen a big cheesy face, but you've also <laughs> managed to jump back in. Yeah, that's
0: fine. i scared because, you know, talking about like wrangling bears with a knife,
1: but. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not worried. That's fine. Like, um, um, yeah, but uh, what What was the other thing I, I was going to say there? I can't even remember. It was something about, oh, I, I don't know. I've I'm now lost my train of thought because I got kicked out of the conversation. I don't know. It's probably not it's important. It's probably not important.
0: But That's yeah, these,
1: um, yeah, I mean, I've uh, swam in, is it Lochfield Egg on a, the Keltman, which is one of the hardest iron distance triathlons in the world, and there's jellyfish in there, and that freaks, that freaks me out. It's swimming in there, you see them, you, holy shit. Oh, yeah. And then oh, like, for... halfway through, you're like, fuck these little bastards, and you're just smashing through them all, because you're like, I've had enough <laughs> now, I want out of this. Eight also, water.
0: In Australia, learning that you know you don't go into the water during certain times of the year up north because of, it's like stinger season and the mm. the jelly get you. And apparently, I heard that people die from the pain. The pain is actually so intense that they have a heart attack and they drown. I was like, nice. that is amazing. I mean, yeah. to think about.
1: I've got um like I've got family in Australia and they always say like come over, but it's just like it's full of shit that kills you.
0: Uh, <laughs> you need to. Honestly, Australia is one of the most amazing places. And I feel like it's good that it has that reputation that everything there kills you because it kind of keeps it remote. But mm. uh, it's so it's it's worth it. Totally worth
1: it. Yeah, maybe maybe one day. St- yeah, I'm one of those people where I never understood when we were younger, like Ali with no friends. Everybody goes to Australia for a gap year, like in, in Scotland. So it's like everybody goes to Australia. and And I was always like, yeah, but I haven't seen all of Scotland yet. So why, like, why do I want to go to Australia? There's still so much stuff to explore here. So, um so yeah, I haven't been, and I'd, I'd rather. It seems way cooler to me to go into the wilderness in America than, do you know what I mean? Australia. That seems cooler.
0: I mean, I. It is. It's it's pretty amazing out here because there's just so many different bioregions. I mean, Australia is the same, but here it's like I don't know. So many places are you can still get really remote and there's big predators, which is fun and big animals. And um, I don't know, there's just so many different regions you can go to and they're all different and beautiful in their own way. I mean, I'm still enjoying exploring America for as much as I can't travel internationally right now. I'm like, if I'm gonna be stuck somewhere, I got a lot of room to roam here, so it works.
1: So when you are out doing all these crazy things, getting, uh, you know, Having wolves pee on your tent and stuff. What do you <laughs> What do you have for protection? Do you have any? Um, uh, nothing. Nothing. Okay, we need no. to teach you jujitsu. <laughs> 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 like as a bare minimum.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I so I have a dog now, and I've started to bring a ten millimeter pistol out with me because my only fear is like, I feel pretty confident in how I'm going to handle a situation, but with him. I don't want him to get in trouble and then me to be responsible for his death because he's super protective of me. So I'm just worried that like mm, a grizzly comes in, he's gonna challenge it because he's gonna be protective of me. And then, you know, I don't want to be there hope, like helpless, like, uh, stop, you know. So, um, but generally speaking, when I'm going out for a long period of time, it's like, I don't know, I feel safer out there than I do anywhere else in my life. So it's like, it's it's fine. <sighs>
1: i don't know i think i think i would take like an apache gunship or something i don't know like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm, 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 up. yeah i'm taking knives but for sheep and you're uh you're going out with bears like, i think i'll be fine like i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah i don't know just throwing hard butter at the wolves. stop
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know so far, so good. I do. I feel like if I was on the menu, I would have been eaten such a long time ago. Um, I've just been in so many situations at that point. Maybe I've just been lulled in, into complacency and this is gonna be the year that you guys are like, Yeah, we had Laura Zera on the show and now she's dead, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I feel I just feel safe. I mean, the only thing I'd worry about is meeting another person out there. But that's why I go to such remote places. I don't even have to worry about that. So
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose yeah, it does make sense. It's still um I don't know the thought going out that far with nothing yeah Mm, i don't know that's crazy i would take something (laughs) definitely but uh, did you so did you grow up uh, like living this lifestyle was it something that you found later
0: yeah i grew up super normal i grew up in a like house in suburbia with very normal parents my dad was an electrical engineer my mom was a preschool teacher and um like super normal childhood but I always spent time in the woods by myself that was what I did but by woods I mean the overgrown tobacco field at the end of my house and I would just go there and see how close I could get to animals and um, in particular the coyotes I loved the coyotes I would spend a lot of time with them and they would just kind of tolerate me being there because I was always just the weird girl that would show up and try to like hang out with them and they were like she doesn't have any friends the poor thing like we'll tolerate her close <laughs> to us so <laughs> um I- a lot of time out there. And the more time I spent, the more I wanted to be there. It was just always what felt like home to me. And mm. I don't know, I, I still thought that I had to grow up and get a normal job and um, you know, that going out in the mountains or the woods or whatever was something I would just do on the weekend. I thought that's what you had to do. Mm. And then mm. I realized that that wasn't what I had to do. And then it started getting real crazy because <laughs> I just never wanted to come out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you are you like me? Do you not like going into the woods with anybody? Do you like prefer it on your own?
0: I feel guilty when I bring people in the woods because <clears throat> I have to first of all I have to tone it down and just be like, "Okay, I'm not going to like run around like a psycho like I normally do. I'm going to stay with you." And then it becomes like a liability thing where I feel like the whole time I'm just trying to keep track of where they are and make sure I'm not getting too far away from them. So, yeah, to be honest, um mm. I don't know if if there was like some psycho who wants to keep up great but generally speaking i mean i, I brought a friend in there uh what is it a couple of years ago now and ended up kind of underselling the landscape where i was going and he ended up messing his knee up pretty bad out there and um you know that that happens and so it's just better a lot of times when i go out by myself
1: yeah i don't i don't i've claimed like hell's like but on one hand, how many times I've taken people and I don't particularly like it and just like to go and have the hell to myself. That's why I like to go early and uh, yeah, I don't like, I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just Laura Zero weird, I guess. (laughs) 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 Um,
0: It is like, there's something about it and there's a place my mind goes where when you're not talking and trying to communicate Uh, not that I don't like doing that sometimes, but when you're out there you can just be this human animal and you can go at your own pace and you're not thinking analytically anymore. You go into that kind of other mindset where you're just existing and you're moving and you're really in your body and not in your mind. And um, there's just a freedom in that and being disconnected from phones and technology and all of that and just really seeing and being aware of everything that's going on I don't know, like I said before, like those are the moments you remember. It's like you can scroll through all your internet and your social media and whatever. It's a great tool. It's a great way to keep up with people. But, you know, you can also go through whole days that are just kind of blurred together. Whereas going out there, you remember every single moment you had. And that's that's just I'm addicted to that feeling of being, you know, for me, that's when I feel alive. Like I said, so it's like, why would I not want to feel alive as much as I much as I can? And then well, when I you come out, appreciate human contact because yeah. you've been talking about trees and rocks. So it's kind
1: <laughs> of I think uh, we spoke to, we did speak to Bert about this a little bit, didn't he? Because yeah. he had this kind of moment and I think he was in Scotland. I was, doing, it was uh, when he was up in uh, Newton Moore, wasn't it? That was right. Yeah. He had been doing a, a Highland Games thing and then he, I think he had like left a pub and he was heading back to where he was staying. And he was just kind of walking through this field in Scotland alone, just like, Wow. It's amazing. There was nothing else there. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah, it was just a guy walking through a field, and it was like, yeah, I love that. I love that aloneness. It's
0: It's like, well, for all for as much as I appreciate a hot shower and a comfortable bed, it's like the freedom I have when I'm out there is just. It's such a good space to go and to just like remember what it's like to be a human and. your mind settle and not be just on this high paced, stressed, oh my gosh, let me look at my schedule and what do I have planned and who's going to call and I didn't answer these emails. It's like when you go out there, none of that, like it all just ceases to exist. And yeah. I think particularly now when the world is so chaotic, it's like you go on the mountains and nothing's changed. It's all still the same. And so there's this sense of normalcy that not a lot of people have in their normal lives right now. And going mm. out there brings everything back into focus. and what's important and what are my needs and um you know i don't know i know i know a lot of people who have really struggled with like depression or just anxiety through this whole thing and it's like i just feel like i just want to tell everyone like get out get out to a place where it just none of that matters
1: yeah yeah. I've i've got a friend that every day on their social media post on a monday they're like so far away from weekend day and then on the tuesday they're like Uh, Tuesday and then Wednesday's like almost their day and then Thursday's like the weekend Eve and then Friday they're like fuck yeah we made it to Friday but it's every single week so it's like 52 52 times a year they're posting every Monday the exact same status on the Wednesday the same and I'm like if you hate things that bad make a change in it do you know what I mean make a change because something's obviously not working for you it's not working for Uh, you mentally it's not working for you physically there's just more to life than just counting off ticks on a calendar to get to the weekend. You know what I mean?
0: God, I mean, my whole childhood was like crying Sunday nights because I had school the next day and then being like, I just got to make it till Wednesday. So I'm halfway through. And I think for me, that's why I've gone to the extreme. It's like I hated school so much. It was just, oh God, it was like traumatic almost. I mean, I hated it and I had to do it. And, um, as soon as i broke free from that it was so i mean it, sure it was scary like i thought i had to go to school and get a good job and blah 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 but um obviously it, it was easy it's easy when you don't have responsibilities like a family or whatever but for me it was like it just it changed everything and i still feel like there's ways even when people have massive responsibilities like when you feel trapped in that situation it's like mm-hmm. gotta be something you can change some way to make it better um, you know without yes. like completely going feral like i did so
1: yeah. i know um like for me Laura so like i always you know when you get into your 30s and people are going when are you going to get married when are you going to have kids when are you settle and then i was like oh, i don't know like am i weird because i like i don't really want to do this right now and then it was kind of listening to henry rollins and then i was like oh actually I don't i don't have to do this stuff i can just do this like it's this is, you know, this might be my normal to do this. And, you know, fuck it. I, I you know, uh, the, the amount of people, I was supposed to go to a, a jiu-jitsu training camp in Iceland this year, which I couldn't go to because of COVID. But it was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go there. And then asked a few guys, like, you want to go? And like, yeah, wife won't let me, can't afford it because of my a family holiday. And I'm like, well, I'm fucking going. <laughs> and nobody else could do it. And it's like, well, okay. I think, and then you know, as we're saying, you know, guys hating like Monday and Wednesday, and I, I wake up pretty much every day and like go, Whoo, What are we doing today? Okay, yeah. let's go swimming. Let's go fucking run a hill." It's, you know, so it's it's, yeah. it's what was was there a moment in life where you realised that? But, okay, this maybe this isn't what other people would call weird because I know you know we'd say you you, you know you're a crazy person. But you're not a crazy person to me. I'm like oh, that's pretty fucking cool. So was there a moment when you realized like, oh, everybody else is crazy and I'm the normal one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think think realizing that even though I was doing, you know, traveling this road that I was just inventing as I was going along, I realized that I was happy. And I think it was in talking to other people and seeing how miserable and stuck that, you know, not everyone, but some people were, it was like, Gosh, like talking to people after being out of high school for five years and having everyone say, Oh, high school was the best years of our lives. And it was like, no, every year's getting better. What are you like, what are you doing that it's not good anymore? And I think it just makes me sad how many people, um, you know, not that my way is the only way to live. Like I know plenty of people who are settled down, have a, a job they love and a family and are super happy, and that's amazing. But for the people that for the people that don't, I'm just like, man, um you know what like for me it's like knowing that i'm happy you can't fake that like when you go to bed at night and you're falling asleep like you know whether or not you're happy and i just don't know you know why you wouldn't try to do whatever it was that that makes you happy it's just that's it is it's weird to me that you wouldn't want to be happy or that i don't know if it's like people don't think they deserve it or they can do it or what or that it's just this elusive dream i'm like no i wake up excited and i you know it's not that bad things don't happen, but it's like, I feel like I'm in control of my life and that I can react to situations that come up and I'm going to do that in a way that is true to myself and what I want in my life. So I don't know why everyone doesn't do that.
1: It's it's very true. I've got it at the other end of the scale. Like I've I've got three kids. My oldest is an 18 year old son. I've got a 17 year old son, an 11 year old daughter. And we've been having chats with my two sons about the next big thing because one of them's just finished high school with covid he got his last year stolen off him kind of with everything mm-hmm. that shut down Mother one's just about to finish high school and you kind of forget do you know what i mean like i have to take the dad hat off sometimes to be like it's actually okay not to have a crazy plan because you are only 17 you are only 18. Mm-hmm. you know i think back to when i was 17 18 i was traveling around europe with my surfboard and a group of mates yeah. Um, and like Logan, and he will probably hate me if any of his friends, his, let's be honest, Chris, his friends aren't listening to this, so I should be okay. Um, but like he, he loves, he loved up until probably about two years ago, wrestling as in pro wrestling, not like Olympic wrestling, but like WWE stuff. Yeah. And up until up until about a year and a half ago, he was like, could I be a pro wrestler? I was like, fuck yeah, we'll get you a WrestleMania moment. We'll get you the IC strap. Let's get after it." And now he's like, no, I can't, I can't do that. Folk will laugh at me. And it's just, it's been in that year and a half as he's got that little bit older and as you say, the, the, the societal pressure of high school where you have to be, you know, mm. either a very outcast or you have to fit in and Logan's one of these kids that wants to fit in, um, and now he's like, oh, I, can't, I couldn't be a wrestler because it's, no, it's not a real job. I'm like, are you kidding? You get to jump off steel cages, you get put through <laughs> tables, You could totally, that is a total real job, but Do you know it's difficult hey and then and then my 11 year old daughter is very much what you were just saying every Sunday night we have crazy tantrums about the fact that she why do I have to go to school because Mm -hmm. you do it's rubbish and I'm like I know it isn't it's going to be rubbish for another seven years so suck up princess and get to school
0: (laughs) But, but then you know I mean I think the crazy thing for me was I was so miserable in school and then I chose to go to college because I did buy into that whole thing of like well if i don't I, you know what are people going to think and that's that's what you have to do and there is a lot of pressure and it's a lot of pressure to just stay in the safe zone and be mediocre and not push for something more than that but it's interesting cuz you know the people that i've met it's like the ones who are really happy now and getting to do what they love a lot of them just stop listening at some point and whatever it was that made them stop listening. It's like that moment in time from that time on, it was like all the limitations that people put on them. It's like, well, that was your limiting belief, but I just proved you wrong. You know, and it's, I could not have planned my future. Like when people ask me what I do, I still don't have a name for the job I do. I have no idea what it is, but I couldn't have planned a better future at any point in time. Um, and work towards this goal it's like I just followed my passion and I did what I loved and I just didn't let it bother me when people told me that it wasn't safe and secure and everything's worked out pretty great so it's like I don't know it's scary and it's not you know considered normal but um, I don't know why would you why would you want to just limit yourself to normal and mediocre like I I don't know it sounds terrible
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, Definitely. But then. But then... It sounds a little bit cliche, but like, like what what's normal? Like, why does normal have to be get a job, you know, whatever, you know, working for the government or working in a back? Like, why does that stuff have to be the normal? Why does that, can they, well, you know, you have to do this and you have to, no, you don't.
0: Right.
1: You know, right. Uh, you want to be a wrestler, be a wrestler. Why not? Yeah, just put the
0: work, <laughs> you know, because. There's going to be even, you know, you take this percentage of people that wants to do that and how many people are willing to put the work in that takes to get there. So if you're just the person who's going to go out and outwork everyone, then you're probably Mm. going to succeed in that because everyone else is going to drop off along the way. And if you just push for it, then I don't know. It's it's amazing what happens with that.
1: So I don't like, so I was in that sense, I was, because now, like now I'm probably most people, uh, I'm probably the happiest person most people know. Uh, I would say now because I'm always smiling and joking and having fun doing what I want but I was uh, in that sense very much a late bloomer and everything that I've done I've been a late bloomer so I didn't really understand you know how you know you, when people especially when people seem like they have things figured out like young and you're like shit, I don't know what I'm doing like and, and then things start to fall into place later on in life you oh no I actually do know what I'm doing. They actually never knew what they were doing. So then you start to get like more confident. And like five years ago, I could never have done this. I could never have done this because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I, I would have been like, "Oh shit, that suck." Does everybody hate me? And never. It's like, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> if you don't like yeah. it, don't watch it. What are you doing anyway? You know, you're not doing anything. You fucking <laughs> divorce, divorce, love with your mum again, you fucking assholes. <laughs> you know, so,
0: no, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, but yeah, uh, I don't even know where we're going now. We kind of went wildly off track there, right? No, <laughs> it, was, it was, it's a good chat and it's, it's totally yeah. true because some people do like, I was, I was a dad at 24. Do you know what I mean? Like i 24 years old and suddenly you've got a kid and no one gives you an instruction manual and you just hope that you, you know, you keep them alive, but also give them just enough childhood drama to make I'm, them funny and interesting. It's I, that I kind would, of balancing act. It's that balancing I would, act. I would like to say that Ali's now 42 and I still can't believe you're in charge of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, although, although if Sandra's listening to this, she knows she's in charge. Yeah, she's she's the boss. <laughs> um, so when, like, how did the, how did the, because I think, you know, Ali was talking about this briefly before we, we joined <laughs> in. How did the, the naked and afraid thing come along?
0: So I had been traveling all around and um, basically teaching survival and learning survival and living survival. And I randomly got a phone call one day and they tracked me down on top of a mountain at my friend's house who he's like antisocial still to this day doesn't have a cell phone he's amazing um they tracked me down there and they were like hey we have this new show we're developing wondering you know if you'd be interested it's a survival show blah blah blah." didn't have too many details but i was like you're gonna pay for me to go to some location and do what i do every day anyway great you know oceans are really hard to hitchhike across and you're gonna put me in some place i've never been i'm i'm down and uh it was a couple months later and um they were throwing me out there and the whole naked thing. It's funny. It was like a side note in the beginning. And then I was like, you yeah, know, this might be a possibility. And then all of a sudden I'm like stripping my clothes off on a beach with some dude I'd never met and <laughs> had a survival situation. So it's really weird. And it's funny cause I didn't think like in the moment, it just didn't seem like it was ever, it was so new. I'm like, no one's ever going to see this. Like, it's not a thing. It's just whatever. I'm just here for the experience. And then, um, kind of just kept going i mean i can't believe that was seven years ago i can't believe the show is still um you know doing doing so great and i've gone yeah. and done it five times now which is which is funny um but yeah i mean it was a great it was a great experience it's definitely different to go and survive with a camera crew than by yourself but uh you know i'm all about strange experiences so
1: yeah <laughs> so i was we were just wondering though because we've had the chat already about guys sliding into your dms differently to how two nice scottish guys that want to get you on the podcast <laughs> and then they're like yeah so we're gonna get you to do the show laura and we might have to get you naked was there ever a point where you're like this is totally going to be filmed in a dude's basement oh,
0: it was, okay so that one actually came when I first went to la they make you do like a little screen test to see how you know if you freeze uh, up the camera enough. so i get to this hotel and i'm like I really don't know who I'm meeting. I'm really confused. I've talked to like six, six different people through email. What's what's really going on? I go into the hotel and they have me go into this room and there's a couch set up with lights on the couch. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like what what's going on? And it was it was definitely a funny, funny moment of just being like, oh my gosh, like what's what I get myself into now? Like classic Laura, just, oh, everything will be great. And then I walk into it. <laughs> Shit storm of uh, <laughs> what turns uh, out being fine but yeah yeah could have been yeah, worse
1: so i don't um neither does ali really i don't watch a lot of tv so i mm-hmm. i was aware of the show but i don't really watch tv so the, the first thing that ali sent me was was it alaska
0: and it oh yes. like you? Yeah, the alaska and flip, yeah
1: and that's when you're sitting in an ice bath eating butter and <laughs> i I'm, I'm not i was i was I, I was uh I, I was driving and i was kind of had my phone set up and i was watching it on youtube and i honestly it was one of those moments where you kind of go <sighs> what the <fuck>? he <laughs> just, um, just laughed so hard uh, laura, so that's coming when... out, laura coming out of a chest freezer like a like a vampire out <laughs> of <laughs> a coffin it was like it was like a it was like a mermaid but like she's eating butter <laughs> it got burns
0: from that freezer. So it went down to like -50 and my arms like touched the side and I had like huge massive chunks of skin just peel off cuz that thing was so cold. But yeah, I mean it worked. It was great. <laughs>
1: So that was when, that was when on Instagram, like I told you that on Instagram, and then Laura said to me, Ali, like, oh yeah, I'd love to tell you that's the first time I've done that. And then sent <laughs> <to start laughs> a picture of butter. <laughs> right, at <laughs> these, that moment. These big teeth mark out of it, and it's like, oh man, this girl's insane. I love it. <laughs> as long as it's salted butter,
0: like I like I'm not a monster. I wouldn't ever do that with unsalted butter, but salted <laughs> butter is delicious, come on. Yes. Okay. Anything you put butter on, you're just eating it because it's a vessel for the
1: butter. This is very true. That is a very, very good point. Actually, it's true. You just put butter on things to have the butter on it. So just, yeah, dry I Just eat the butter. that's one of
0: the. I don't want the bread.
1: I Holy shit! Just blew my mind. I think you did. That was like <laughs> that. That was like some of the finest philosophy this side of Homer Simpson. That was tremendous. That was like
0: uh, my gift. My gift to the world.
1: Oh. Uh, Butter's so yeah, just the butter that you put in the vessel to get the butter in your mouth. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, that's, yeah. that's. You know sick. that has to be the title of your biography when you write it now. I
0: know for sure, <laughs> for sure. Body by butter. Get ready
1: for. <laughs> get ready for summer with butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so yeah, so the how how cold was it in that episode? Because I watched some of it, and um, was it. I mean-
0: yeah it was it was it was cold it was up top they dropped us off you know right next to a glacier um and having to walk through waist deep snow naked was a trip so we got to go down the mountain of course where there wasn't snow but it was still you know i mean it was it was freezing below freezing it was it was cold and the ground you know it's kind of swampy but it's got permafrost under it so it's always you're just in an ice box i mean it was it was pretty chilly out there. But honestly, it was one of the easier episodes I've done because the food was so plentiful. I mean, we were living large there. So mm. that was-
1: yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, it looks, uh, well, I've never been, but yeah, there's snow. uh It's when your feet, like, uh, if your feet get wet, that's when it get, when your feet get cold, like everything goes to fuck. It's like- oh, Yeah. Awful. Yeah,
0: Your feet are like, I don't know if this is a chick thing, but like when your butt gets cold and then just, just becomes this cold sink that, freezes the rest of your body it's, it's no good it's
1: but... not, in, in that situation especially if i was naked it would not my butt being cold that i would be concerned about it would be, uh, it, would be <laughs> yes. it would be the old gentleman <laughs> sausage <laughs> Indeed.
0: the funny thing was watching my partner come towards me with his balls literally dragging in the snow you know and i mean that, <laughs> and when you see it like that it was like oh i feel really lucky right now at least i'm not dealing with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true, that's, that is true. But uh, even even going back to feet, and again, this that's totally not a foot fetish just in any shape or form, but you were saying in that episode, you were walking through the snow and it had like the texture of, I think it said like, um, like a snow cone, it was just chewing your feet up even in that first stretch, wasn't it?
0: Uh, I still have scars on my feet from that and actually funny enough, we made shoes out of the hides they gave us. So we spent like three hours that first day just stitching up. I mean, I made some badass mucklucks. and then we started walking in the snow and got, I don't know, 20 feet and they started just coming apart like tissue paper. So something about whatever tan was was used on those hides, they didn't hold in the snow and it was so depressing. So we just, it wasn't even worth trying to wear them because they were just falling apart. and. Um, yeah, it was, it was cold, but, uh, I'm glad the whole episode wasn't in waist deep snow because that would probably <laughs> sucked a lot more, but.
1: So the next thing, the next thing I, I want to, I know, I know I wants want to talk to you about this as well is knives. Yes. I'll talk about knives. Yeah, uh,
0: totally. So I, um, I, I used to be a farrier. So I was shoeing horses for a while and started blacksmithing and of course, being out in the woods all the time and relying on a knife for my one survival thing for years um, has natural progression, right? You want to make your own knife, mostly because my I have tiny hands and most knives are meant for men. So I'm like, I'm going to make my dream knife with a tiny little handle. And, um, you know, started making knives, not as a business, just for myself and, um, Then I had a a publisher reach out and um, we were talking about different things I could write about and ended up settling on knife making, which is kind of terrifying because I was like, I'm not an expert. You know, there's so much, so much to learn. Um, But luckily, I have all these really incredible, super badass knife making buddies and started doing tons of research because if you ask 10 different knife makers, they'll tell you 10 different ways to make a book. But I basically wrote the book I wish that I'd had when I first started. And Mm. I love it. I mean, it's something that's super, super addictive. It's the one thing where if you're out there, you can use stone tools, but nothing replaces steel. You have to modify everything you do. So knives have just meant so much to me throughout my life. And um, even just having them and I'll never have enough knives. Like I love different knives. I love seeing the way they work, putting them to test out in the field and I think that's kind of the one thing about me as a knife maker is like I know how they perform and so I know what to make that I want and um, it's been great to like get to make your dream knife and then go and see if it works and what you want to fix on it and then come back Mm. to the drawing board and change some things and I've been surprised how many people make knives that I've met now that I'm kind of in that world. It's shocking to me how many people you'd never know and they're like, oh yeah, also I have this huge knife set up in my garage and I do it all the time.
1: Mm, yeah, something that, I th- as as I've gotten older, I, I'm really fascinated with, um, like, handmade things. So, uh, like, like, that clock there is handmade, a friend of mine made that, and I'd like, handmade things, and, and, and making a knife, something that's like, that just seems cool. Like, I don't know why, it just seems like I'd like to make a knife. Oh, just, man. Just let, learn how to do Canister Damascus first. Don't go in the show and not know how to do Canister Damascus.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to make that mistake. But... <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's one of the the things that um, knives change the world. And that's something that just ties us back to this lineage of humanity where there was always a blacksmith in the town, you know, but how many people have actually seen it in person? Uh, Not a lot. And um, I I think it's cool that shows like Forge and Fire are bringing that back because now people are really getting back into it. And I think when Mm -hmm. you start. When you start doing it, it's not only super awesome to be able to make something with your own hands and then get to use it, but it's like you kind of just get brought back into this other world where, you know, it's just different and more real than a lot of people's realities now.
1: Yeah. Whenever me and Aaron watch Aaron's Must Son, whenever we watch Forged and Fire as we do religiously, you know, it's one of those things where, like, we have no idea. We've never done it before, we've only ever seen it on the TV show. And it's one of those ones where we've seen that many episodes that we now feel we are an expert. And we'll be like, Psh, that tang is way too thin for that length of a blade. And we're like, he's really going to try He's really gonna try and water quench a four and a half foot blade. That's going to warp so badly. He's got mild steel built into the spine of that. It's going to warp so bad. I can't believe, oh my God, I can't actually watch this. We've never literally done anything knife making, but we now feel we're complete experts. We're like, yeah, he's not putting enough white out in that canister Damascus. He's not getting that can off. He's not getting that can off. It's ridiculous.
0: I love, well see now you just gotta you gotta put it to the test i'm seriously i'm gonna just uh, follow in footsteps and get you guys books and i want to see i want progress updates
1: i would um so we talked about this before as well so you know i looked at one of your oh, sorry your your knife making book <clears throat> so yeah if you would uh we'll, we'll we'll buy a couple if you if you sign them for us that'd be amazing
0: oh, I'll, I'll send you guys some i know that'd i gotta be. christmas time i've been meeting now that i'm home i gotta got to get that'd a be, bunch more. That
1: would be in amazing. So just, what, those, what, what Those, sorry, Chris, those a uh, mountain lion clothes, the Damascus mountain lion clothes that you made the other day were incredible. Mm. Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah. I love like just making knives is one thing, but you're kind of making kind of the same grinds. Whereas going in, I love Damascus. I think Damascus is just beautiful and just getting to make different shapes and forms and bring something to life. It's like I have this Strange artist part of me that just really I love it so much fun to me and it's cool. I mean it's something I was doing for myself and then people were asking if they were for sale and I was like I don't know like you really want to buy this like I put mm. so much time into it I don't know but like do you think it's cool too okay and mm. um, it's it's been really fun but I love uh, I love like bringing something out of nothing you know you start yeah. with like this steel that looks like crap and you finish and you're like cool like I did that. just making stuff is so fun to me
1: yeah as um yeah i like i would say i would buy one of your knives but i don't think you could send a knife like through the post like and i'm not sure you could do that i don't think (laughs) it's something you could do like
0: australia is where i've really run into trouble is they'll hold it in customs forever Mm. um and everywhere is different but um Yeah, that's something I want to do is is start making more knives to sell. Because I have people yeah. ask me all the time, and actually, I have never sold a knife. I've given, I'm the idiot who just is like, like, oh, you want one? Like, let me give it away. And I've never made myself a knife. I don't carry my own knife. And um, I, I guess I have out in the shows. But, um, yeah, it's funny. I'm excited that now it's going to be winter in Montana. I'm like, all right, it's shop time. It's going to be yeah. good.
1: It's funny. You what of i was going to say i was going to say one of the things that was funny because you were saying you used to shoe horses as uh, and I, Ali knows this because i posted it on facebook it was, it was one of the videos i found myself watching and i was fascinated and like you know when you're like 11 minutes into a video and you're like i was watching somebody shoe a horse and it's like why the fuck are, I, I i don't own a horse and i'm just watching you know what you're watching going oh that's really satisfying the filing edges and they're getting going, wow and then it's like why the fuck am I watching a video on how to shoot a horse? I
0: love it. You're not the first person who's told me that, which is really strange. I'm like, I need to go online and start looking at all these like beautifully done ferrying videos.
1: So satisfying. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's just because you, you mentioned it, and it was one of those things where I, you know, I did post it. And it's like, why the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I watch this, but yeah, I'm uh, yeah. It's like Oops. it's like when it's it's like when it's 3 a.m. and you're watching two Indian men build a swimming pool in the back garden with just like bamboo. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, the strange rabbit holes that we find ourselves down, we're like, how did we even get here? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those 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 uh, those uh, uh Wikipedia rabbit holes are the worst thing to fall oh. in a you know falling nose. I, I was like, yo, what was Steve McQueen's net worth? Like, why the fuck does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> right. and then, and then suddenly you're checking out who the left back was for 1964 Aston Villa Yeah, yeah. So that's
0: why I just have one career I get so distracted by everything I mean it's like that's basically how most people watch YouTube is how I've lived my life I'm like what's that over there what's that over there and then I'm like how would I end up here like what am I doing right now
1: so <laughs> you, you maybe you both maybe avoided this um Chris you might have we are um your nephews and stuff but have you ever watched when the guys do pancake art what A- and they make what? pictures with pancakes you both of you did the same go what yeah you don't have kids, i do it <laughs> <laughs> they-, they make pictures with pancakes they use different colored batters and they make pictures with my daughter sits and watches it for hours hours and hours and hours and i've done the same i've come through and go, I eat- watching i eat pancakes for hours yeah. I don't- I don't <laughs> Yes, this guy's making pancake art, and then I suddenly find myself sitting there for three hours watching dudes making pancake art on flat irons live on YouTube.
0: Are like portraits or landscapes, or are they just like just anything?
1: Simple. They get like obviously they've got and they've all got like a million subscribers to their channel, and people send in requests, so they be like, "Can you do SpongeBob punching Bart Simpson?" and they and they'll do like amazing. Like the, <laughs> As a massive pancake. It's all round. I can't think of anything else. I was on the spot. I couldn't think of anything else. Okay.
0: You're going to check on me on Instagram in like two months, and I'm going to be like diving down the pancake making hole. I'm just going to be completely distracted and change my career, and that's going to be my life
1: we know you've gone too far and you're like, hi guys, welcome back to my channel. That's when we're like, I am now unfollowing Laura <laughs> <She's> era. <never laughs> She's
0: doing makeup tutorials at the same time that I, you yeah. know make.
1: Pictures. Oh man, yes. Oh Jesus, this, 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 this is, these conversations never ever go even remotely the way you think they're going to go. They can't go here <laughs> and it's like, woo. Um, <laughs>
0: Planned it from the start. Yeah, <laughs> you no, it's it's, it's you
1: could pancake art. You could not plan the way this stuff goes, but you know it's funny because you're talking about you know you know your life's like a, a YouTube history search because we're talking about this just recently when somebody was you know uh, I think it might even a guy at jiu-jitsu and he was talking about you know the, the stuff that I do so I've I've done loads of sports and I was saying yeah I've done a lot I I'm very average at a lot of things I'm not good at anything but I'm very average at Mm -hmm. A lot of things. Uh, I relate
0: to that. I don't have an expert on anything, but I can talk about some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Then someone will ask me about, you know, or even if I've like been away from knife making. Like I went into my friend's shop the other day, and I hadn't made a knife, and you know, I mean, it'd been like so many months. And I went back, and I'm like, man, he probably thinks I've completely made up this whole knife making thing because I feel like everything I do. I'm not naturally good at anything, I don't retain it, so I go back to it and there's like a good week of doing it where I'm like, it's pretty much like I am get to learn again, you know? It's like, alright. But it's, you know, it's funny like that. But it keeps it interesting. I mean...
1: Definitely. I think,
0: if, I think if almost if I was really exceptionally good at one thing, I think my life maybe wouldn't be as interesting. Because maybe I would just be so focused on that that I wouldn't have all these other experiences.
1: 100%. I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm just making excuses, but... <laughs>
1: the one yeah, thing being a generalist the, in the world of specialists absolutely yeah absolutely people have asked me before you know like, yeah, so you're doing this iron man like what you know do you like the swimming do you like the cycling or the running it's like no i like getting a pint afterwards i'm just doing it because i can't do it it's like i'm, it's like, yes. I'm i am not built i'm not built for um swimming running or cycling and uh that's exactly why i try it's like and I, no, I don't like any of it but I've kind of committed to doing this, so now. I feel like I have to, but yeah, yeah, um, but, but yeah. So the one thing, the one thing that I do, uh, and I've said this a few times now, um, I really want to to learn to hunt. That's the that's the thing that I really want to learn how to do. Um, we have to rifle hunt in Scotland. You're you're not allowed to bow hunt, but um, that's something. Uh, I think uh, one of my buddies, um, he he does a lot of hunting. So we're, we're going to go shoot some clays, learn how to shoot a. A rifle um soon so, and then uh, not- yeah
0: so exciting i didn't i didn't start hunting until i was <laughs> 18 um when i was in college and i didn't know anyone who did it and i just started picking up roadkill and that's how i learned how to like butcher and all that stuff skin things and um then finally my professor he was a bow hunter he like built his own bows so he taught me how to build bows and that's kind of how i got my start but it wasn't until like a really you know, con- considerably older age when I talk to people who have been hunting since they're young, but the gun stuff, man, I just this year or last year smashed my face open for shooting, <laughs> trying to shoot ducks for the first time. I shot clays like once, and then I got really excited and completely slammed the gun into my face, split my entire lip open. I'm okay. still learning how to rifle hunt, shotgun hunt, all that, um, yeah. fun, that's, I love it. Something.
1: I think uh, I can't think of anything better than getting lost in you know the back the you know the woods of America and uh, fucking going hunting. So that sounds amazing to me. That really does. Yeah. But like you know, as you're saying, hiking in whatever thirty, forty, fifty miles, and then that sounds amazing to me. Um, that might be a that might be a holiday for me in in, in the coming years.
0: Um, oh sure, yeah, yeah. Well, keep posted because I'm out. I'm out in the Rockies now, and I'm telling you, elk hunting is like. It's not that I don't want to hunt anything else, cause I do, I want to hunt everything. But if I had to only hunt one thing forever, it would just be elk. I mean, I just, I love the terrain they're in. I love like the whole experience of it, everything about them, they're incredible animals and hardest, you know, hardest thing you'll ever do. I mean, getting out there and just, ugh, it's so great. Yeah, I, yeah. I found out I was going to live out here too late to get the tag I wanted, but um, next year it's on. I'm just disappearing. <laughs>
1: Who was the um who was the american girl who got absolute shit for shooting a a wild sheep in scotland alley on one of the islands who oh. was that a scottish girl and she got fucking absolute shit for it um who She's was that I'll, I'll do a young jamie and pull it up, <laughs> up. yes yeah,
0: so... or was it like just because she killed an animal it was it
1: was was partly because she was an asshole American over in Scotland it was partly because she had a gun in Scotland and it was partly because she was shooting our sheep and that's our job I think it was a little bit the combination of them all kind of and obviously social media played a part not that any Americans are assholes just for all the Americans listening we love (laughs) y'all did she she
0: like what did she get in legal trouble for it no so
1: this the the problem the problem is it's hunting is not it's not a big thing here so she did everything properly. She had a guide, she had a tag. Um, it was the correct sheep to shoot. Yeah. Uh, it was an older sheep. Um, it was just people who didn't know what they were, didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. And just... and the, she she had a legal I've just pulled it up. She had a legal certificate to cull the animal. It was on a an, an uninhabited island that some sheep were on and were destroying all the local vegetation. Her name's Larissa Switlick. I'm possibly butchering that. Um and she came across and it was a dead goat in fact actually shot a goat a wild goat and posted a picture of herself on twitter smiling and scotland kicked off and reported it to police scotland on twitter like she shot one of your goats <laughs> she what? shot one of your goats i know people i know people who i know eat mcdonald's and love a kebab after a drunken night out and I. like that's fucking ridiculous shooting a goat like, yeah. You, 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 McDonald's, you fucking moron. This is not, it's, it's only ignorance. They have no idea how any of it works. She's oh. not just, you know what I mean? So, it's just a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at one of the comments on the Twitter page. He says, take your money and get out of our fucking country, and I hope you fall in <laughs> a pile of thistles on the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is so Scottish. Oh, That's Scottish. It's very squash. <laughs> <laughs> very squash. But, yeah, so, yeah, that's something I want to let me do. But I don't care about um, if anybody wants to, you know. Uh...
0: Uh, yeah, well, I've found that if, you know, because people, if I ever post anything on it, um, people will obviously attack me right away, especially people from other, you know, Brazil, for example, where I have a lot of Brazilian followers, but a lot of them haven't you know, there's not hunting down there and there's not an understanding of what kind of is behind it. It's not like I'm going and just posing with this animal like it it means a lot more to me and it's literally what I do for food. And I find that most people when they come at me and attack me for it, it's like, of course, your knee jerk reaction is to be like, well, fuck you then, like, whatever. Don't judge me. I'm going to block you. But instead, I did my dad always when I was younger, he would say, um, what is it? you you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And I don't know why you want to catch flies. But it's it's so true like you just instead of having that knee-jerk reaction explaining to them and just killing them with kindness kind of and 99 times out of a hundred they'll come back and be like wow like thank you for for telling me I didn't understand that and I totally support Mm. that that's great and I think so many things people just want to fight it out and put up that wall and like go back and forth and it's like a lot of it's just not understanding all of it and I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can stretch that into anything, whether it be like politics. Oh, yeah. or, you know, so yeah, many things where people want to be on different sides, and it's like. I, don't I know. think, I, I think one
1: of the I think one of the reasons that hunting's not as popular in scotland is because it's quite class related so a lot of the big highland estates like i i grew up on an island on the west coast of scotland i grew up in a castle i did grow up in a castle just for the record (laughs) but the the gamekeeper in the ghillie used to go out and stalk the red deer because the old deer you know you had to call them there was too many there's no natural predators so you have to you have to thin out the herd you had to cut call a certain number of stag every every year and mm-hmm. the ghillie and the gameskeeper would go out and shoot them and bring them back in and everyone would have venison and that's okay but the people that would go out on the shoot paid a lot of money to go out on the shoot
0: mm-hmm. it
1: wasn't it wasn't the working class people they oh. were paying you know se- back in the 80s and 90s several hundreds of pounds probably thousands of pounds nowadays but then you guys have the tax system don't you so i suppose is that similar you know does it not wanting sp- figures but i take it you pay for the tags
0: you do and if you're a resident in a state then it's a lot cheaper like it's something like i don't know 60 bucks in montana if you're a resident but if you're out of state it's a thousand wow and depending on what tag you want to get to, to get access to certain properties, you know, there's something called like a governor's tag in certain states where it's like massively expensive or they can do auctions where, um, you know, you can pay a ton of money and get a tag that most people have to put in a lottery for, for 40 years before they get it. So there's all different levels. And, you know, if you go to a, a private ranch where you're having outfitters, it can be really expensive. But then if you're, you know, just trying to feed your family and, uh, you know, You want to get a a deer tag or whatever an elk tag and you live in that state it can be pretty cheap so it's kind of it's accessible to to everyone really
1: yeah i think yeah like ali was saying it's more sort of like an upper class thing uh Mm -hmm. in in the uk um that goes to like the fox hunting thing which people still get crazy about it was kind of like the you know the toffs the toffs went out and hunted and and the, the common man hated them um so yeah i think it's but you know as you're saying it's it's people who are ignorant and don't understand you know people who are you know sad eating a kebab from the takeaway and they're like, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, okay, fast. <laughs> yeah, but
0: you know. I mean, there's definitely certain um you know certain parts of it, like some of the the pheasant hunting where they actually bring in birds from a farm and release them for you to shoot and stuff like that. like it can yeah, be super yeah. expensive. So there's a lot of hunting like that where it's like you're loaded if you're doing it. And it kind of becomes a status thing where, like, the gentleman will go out on the bird hunt or whatever. But that's like few and far between because there's so many people that are just, you know, going out for food. And yeah. so, I, I don't know, I love that about I, I, it. But I,
1: I have, um, I have listened to to Cam Haynes talking about. Do you actually do you know Cam? Is uh-huh. your friend? You know Cam. So I've listened, yeah. I've I've, I've, yeah, I've listened to him a few times, like explaining the situation about how it works when people were getting like super pissed off, and he's one of the guys who really explained it. An incredible detail yeah fucking, yeah I love that shit people oh. are just getting so annoyed but yeah.
0: It's done yeah so much for just the hunting world and bow hunting in particular and turned so many people on to it and mm. I mean he's he's an amazing amazing person again super nice dude but also just he practices what he preaches and he shares it with people in such a real way and it's incredible how many people have taken up bow hunting or even if they don't do it they know about it now because of what he's done which I think is it's just incredible because before that you know it's like the hunters that go out and get the, the trophy african animal and pose with it smiling and you know all of that which sure there's you can talk about the reasons for it but when someone just sees that picture and that's all they have to go on and they don't understand the conservation and the bee and blah 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 um then they, it can turn them off completely and bring them to this side where they just want to end all hunting so it's like I don't know, I love that social media allows us to have our own voices and kind of tell our yeah. own truths. Um, yeah. Because I thought everyone was just out there to kill stuff and think they were like a big man because they shot something but yeah. you know clearly yeah. I've seen it.
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I, I know of hunting um basically if, you know from listening to, to Cameron and Haynes so yeah. um mm-hmm. and it's saying like oh I like I really like the sound of this like you know Kind of respect an animal. You have to, you know, you you know, doing what you know he's doing or you're doing. You can't be, you can't be, you know, unfit and out of shape and go and kill these animals. You have to be fucking fit and strong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to really, you know, you know, have the patience to do it and have the, you know, the technique, the skill to use the weapon. It's just like that. Sounds that sounds so nice. I love that idea. So, um oh, yeah. ho- Hopefully, it's, hopefully at some point I'll I'll get to go do it in Scotland someplace. But um. I probably won't post on social media because i don't have the patience <laughs> i don't have the patience to kill them with kindness and be like "Fuck you come down to the gym
0: right now i can deal with this onslaught
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny I don't I, don't, I don't I wonder if it's do you do you get um is it do you think you're more of a target being being a woman for for shit like that
0: um you know it's interesting i don't know i mean i feel like anyone who who puts stuff out there i think that what i have noticed is when i do go hunting i have people attack me saying that oh did your boyfriend bring you out or you know it's it's more about my skills that they're attacking versus like the animal rights stuff um it's just you know this girl doesn't know what she's doing she just did it for instagram and you'll always get those idiots i but i think as a female that's the only thing I get more of. Um, I think yeah. the hate is equal male and female. We have some some equality in the genders there for anti-hunters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I suppose. So I actually, <clears throat> I think one of the things that I, you know, one of the things that I was going to ask you about, or I don't know if I was asking you about, or tell you. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things is I feel, you know, having spoken to you a little bit, I, I get this impression from you that you're one of those people that probably doesn't realise that you're like, yeah, like kind of a big deal or a, you know a, a, you know yeah. do you know what I mean I, I get this idea like this impression from you like <laughs> just, yeah just I, I get that impression from you because you know some people you know even to us were like oh my god she's amazing and it's like you speak to you and it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> like
0: find out I'm just like oh,
1: yeah, and it's like it's like I, I don't and I, I'm sure, I, sure I'm sure I said this to Ali I'm like I don't think Laura realizes that she's like quite a big deal.
0: I <laughs> do realize that I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just one of those things, you know. It's like some people, some people kind of like know that they're, you know, you know, cool or or, or you know, or you know, have a big fall on or something. And then you got other people like, no, I don't think she knows that she is. <laughs> 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 you know, just said. I
0: oh. guess. Come- like being this weird awkward child and then like living my life and finally finding my happiness and just being the weird homeless nomad girl spending time in the woods surviving like that's who i am and so it's like still weird to me that anyone cares or wants to see any of it i'm like why is it like that's so funny to me that people find that interesting now because i'm just doing what i do like it's just been my life and it doesn't seem like I think it's amazing to get to meet people, A, who are interested in the stuff that I do, or think that, you know, B, what I do is interesting. I'm like, I just think it's amazing that there's anyone out there who is is into that. So it's been cool for me to be like, oh, weirdos unite, you know, like there's more of us out here. Yeah. Me and
1: Chris, me and Chris get a little tiny, tiny piece of that because we've said, how many times have we said, Chris, we've asked people to cut like yourself to come on the podcast um and like uh you know jack Carr, clint emerson just uh, a few names and they're like yeah we'd love to come on and we're like Fuck, what like <laughs> so, what? actually november november is a november is a prime example of that so we had um jack on, who's another like bert soren fucking sweetheart of a guy lovely nicest guy in the world and then jason gardner navy seal uh, it, 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 him and ali are now bffs um uh, you know and now you know you and then is it Wednesday? Early? we're speaking to Ness Knight, um, who's yeah. also, you know, fucking a, a amazing person. And it's just like, this is this seems surreal. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and then know. and then in between all those episodes, we got psychoanalyzed by a Canadian in the form of <laughs> Megan McDougall. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, yeah, we did. Yeah, it was like a therapy session. Um, she's, a, okay. she's a she's a, she's a, she's a cool girl, but uh, yeah, she was a. Uh, she was judging me because I haven't eaten pasta and all sorts of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, the world's crazy. You know, so we said great. this about 2020 in particular, it's like, I know a lot of people have had hard times and all this kind of stuff. And, and me and Ali are here going, I can't fucking believe we're still doing this shit.
0: <laughs> well, totally. No, I mean, and I think that's the best part about it. And mm. I don't know, cause you guys started yeah. because, of, because of COVID, right?
1: We started, yeah. a very, they announced the lockdown in, in Scotland on the Thursday. And that, I mean, Chris had been kind of half bandying about an idea of a podcast for a year or so, but uh, that'd be pretty cool if we did a podcast. We know enough interesting people to maybe do a few episodes. And then obviously life gets in the way. And then lockdown happened and we kind of went, shall we do it? And that Sunday we both, like Chris was up, I was awake. So I was like, we'll jump on Skype. We'll talk for an hour. We'll record it. We'll put it out there and see how much abuse we get. And then we're like, that was actually quite fun. And then we just took off. And then it turns out one thing I have discovered from 2020 is my sliding into DM of random American main game is super strong.
0: Amazing. The, the, yeah.
1: the amount of guys I've slid into the DMs have been like, hey, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy Stop. coming onto our podcast and talking to two Scottish guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and there was so, a point, and we, we talked about this in a recent episode, where we, we called it the Silly Goose Gang very early doors, because me and Chris are silly goose. <laughs> And then it so, got to the point where and we both said the episode where we started to panic about the name was, I decided on episode like 12, so about five weeks into doing a podcast, I would try and get the former head of the FBI counterintelligence program <laughs> on the podcast, right? Now this guy, this guy, Robin Drake. again, shout out to Robin, he's a sweetheart. He used to hire, hire, recruit, sorry, recruit Russian spies to spy on Russia for the US government.
0: Amazing. And I thought,
1: I'll slide into his DMs and ask him if he fancies coming on. And we did have a debate about, do we change the name? Because we're going out to people like this and we are called the Silly Goose Gang. But when we added added Robin into the call, the very first thing he said is, I've been waiting on this all day. And we're like, sorry, what now? And he was like, yeah, speaking to two Scottish guys that call themselves the Silly Goose Gang, what's not to love? Like everyone takes themselves so seriously.
0: You like trying to be like, like badass, whatever. It's like, come on. So
1: Stop this, taking- a, this really. is funny because we we literally talked about this earlier on. So bef- before uh, we added you in, so we're talking to. Um, uh, so episode fifty was uh, the last one with Jason Gardner. So we decided. We have spoke to Jason before. He's a he's such a nice guy, a complete badass. And we said, you know, episode fifty, let's get we talked to him the first time, and he started to tell some war stories towards the end and we said, episode fifty, let's get Jason back on tell war stories. so we had him on to tell him war stories. It was fucking hilarious. um and he's telling these stories about shooting people and all and it's it's brilliant. but towards the end, uh, no sorry I think it was off maybe on camera off. I can't remember. So Ali and Jason started talking about um Dungeons and Dragons this and nice. it's like this absolute savage. He's just talking about shooting some alley guys with fifty cal snipers and them exploding. And now he's talking like like he's like, Yeah, you know, oh, I have Love Duns and the Dragons and him and Ali are totally geeking out. This is like this is so, hilarious. This is yeah, hilarious.
0: Yeah, because like we're nerds at heart, no matter how <clears throat> badass we everyone else yeah. thinks we are. It's like everyone's got that part of them. And so you know, I don't know why try to hide it.
1: Yeah. So like, and and that's what I was saying to Ali. So I was like, so, you know, I go, you know, we do jiu-jitsu, we try and kill each other. You know, I'll go climb hills on my own. And it's like, you know, deadlifting, whatever, swimming in cold locks. And then I get home and it's like, oh, there's something on about Egypt. I need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're, you're trying to be like super cool. And it's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm actually just a massive geek. And so we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not these guys who, um you know, I feel like, you know, we're not these guys we're who just, you know try and be super cool. We're just like, yeah, we're kind of dorky, yeah. and you know, Ali's well, Ali's Ali's daughter gives him shit because he comes to wrestling in a fucking singlet. And he's Chad just said that I came, I came back from wrestling practice the other week still in yeah. my singlet, and she went, "You disgust me." <laughs> shake <laughs> our Yeah, Great. yeah. So yeah, I think
0: there's something about just like. The authenticity that like yeah. just being able to own whoever you are it's like that's Absolutely. that resonates more than like what kind of you know savage external like thing you're projecting that everyone else buys into it's like no i just want to like talk to real people and meet real people and think, surround myself with them
1: I think when you um when you get completely comfortable in your own body and your own skin you that that shit doesn't matter it doesn't fucking matter at all do you know wow. what I mean? So you know, it's, you know, when it's you know when it's competition time, and you know we're wrestling or 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 fighting or whatever, it's like yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and win. I'm gonna try and fuck this guy up. But it's all done with right? Then it's like, man, let You want I'll buy you a beer. Do you want to have a beer? And We'll just shoot the shit because <laughs> that's like kind of why I am. So yeah, I don't. I think when you get super comfortable, you you don't care about any of that external fucking nonsense about I'm trying to be this So like, come on, yeah. come on, man. Fucking... That's too short. Sounds
0: like so much effort. I like need effort to put into other things, not that.
1: (laughs) So many things to do in life. I'm not trying to do anything anything like that. So Um, sorry. 100 percent Yeah. Sorry. I think i have about a horrible coffee. Not not the COVID. Oh I was gonna say. (laughs) Not Not the COVID. Um but yeah, so what's um what what are the plans, the plans moving forward, or are you just winging it?
0: I mean all my life, mostly just winging it. Um, I actually am speaking a podcast um, in the work, starting a podcast. So uh, that, I mean, just dealing with the technology part of things is hilarious. Um, My friend Eva and I have been messing around and I swear, once this thing gets going, we're just going to release a YouTube video of the first hour of us trying to figure is this working? No. Oh God. Oh, what do we do? Where do we look like it was pretty hilarious because for as much as I have a broad range of skills technology in me mm. Mm. so um but yeah I'm excited about that and um just it's like another way to kind of interact with people that's not just Instagram that's kind of all I do and just kind of sharing stories and people I've met and you know see where it goes it'll be fun but um doing that getting getting back into the knife shop gonna start working on um getting getting knives out and um Couple of other kind of things that, you know, may or may not pan out in the the TV kind of entertainment realm that like TBD so um, but yeah, it's just kind of going with it and seeing taking one day at a time and figuring out opportunities and um, I took a year and a half off of social media and now coming back to it. It's like, all right, like, where am I headed with this? Like, what direction in the world do I want to go to now that I'm um, climbing out of my hole? So yeah, it's fun, but I'm not going to plan too hard because like we talked about before, it's like, I want to be open to the craziest stuff. So Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, that's one of the things that's, um, you know, so we, we've we've recorded um, like five episodes in six nights or seven nights once because people kept saying, yeah, so we just kept chucking them out, chucking them out. Yeah. And it, it, it did get to the stage, though, where, where it was like, when you did get the night off, it's like, oh, thank. Fuck! Now I'm going. I want to go and run someplace because this is crazy. It, it's it, it it, you know, it's awesome fun. It's also very tiring. So even though it was like today, it was like fuck yeah! I'm looking forward to this this podcast tonight with you. This would be great fun. But then it's like doing my doing my workout in my little my little gym outside, and it's like okay, I have to cut it here because I have to go get showered, get changed. So it's although yeah. it's awesome fun, you also have to cut like mess things about. So you go, I can't really do that because I have to do this. So. So, it's, although it's awesome, it does. It's quite restrictive in your life. So, um, but it's you know, it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun no, just having these so conversations. And um, yeah, we we uh, you know, we never thought we'd get to this stage, and, and you know, here we are now. And it's uh, one of one of the things that's quite funny. So, when people um, when people ask us about like the early ones, it's like oh man, when we listen to the early ones, it's so bad. They're so <laughs> bad, just tripping over each other and like kind of not knowing what to say, and this, the audio was shit because we didn't have any of these mics, and it, it, the whole thing was terrible. But like anything, like you, you know, you stick with it, you get better. Yeah. You, you know what? You either go, you know, it's you either go okay, this is not for me, let's stop now, or you go okay, let's just keep doing this and see what. Yeah. I have. We have fun. So you know if you know if you know if you make a knife or you go hunt. Oh, you're, you know you're looking for antlers you go okay i could stop now because this you know but i actually like it so fuck it let's just keep going let's just do it and see what it ends up that's cool. life
0: i'm not afraid of failure like i think that's one of my maybe that is the only thing i'm good at is like failing <laughs> like, I'm like, i bring it am scared <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. oh it'll be fun it'll be good so, i mean i like the learning curve it'll be interesting looking,
1: i'm looking forward to 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 your podcast i like the sound of that yeah, that'd probably. be funny <laughs> Have you got a name for it yet, Laura? Have you got a name for the podcast yet
0: well i've been I've been kind of trying to figure that out because there's so many podcasts out there and a lot of them are are taken. but um I love the whole idea of um like originally I wanted to be called decivilized because I love nice. the whole idea of like stripping it all down, you know, and even just like breaking away from what you think you're supposed to be and you know, the whole image of what the perfect world is and just getting back to what's important and um so that was what I originally planned. Of course there's already a Decivilized podcast. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what second best is or, you know, how to kind of reword and reframe. But um I kind of have been since it's been hunting season and I've been traveling, I've been out of the podcast kind of flurry that I was in for a minute there, but once the new year comes, I'm going to really hit it hard. So yeah.
1: yeah. There'll be a day where there'll be a day where something just clicks in your head and you go, "Oh, that's the name."
0: Yeah, for it'll sure.
1: There'll be something that happens, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, great fun. So that that looks, um I will I will subscribe to that. That looks uh hundred percent. it could be fun. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah. I'll instantly make you an international podcast star because you'll have two Scottish subscribers. So there you go. You can add that to the resume. <laughs> that's what That's one of the things that Ali Ali sends me usually at the end of the month when he gets like uh, <laughs> analytics from iTunes. And it's like somebody's somebody's listening to us in Jordan. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it's so
0: crazy. You know, I guess I haven't even thought about that as far as, like, that's so wild, it's so cool. Yeah,
1: and yeah. we've always said, we've always said, and, uh, you know, if any of these people in these um, far-flung places are watching this, give us a shout, like, well, I I want to speak to the, the listener in Saudi Arabia.
0: Oh, totally, I know!
1: Speak to me, like, who, how yeah. are you doing? Oh, like, what's going on? <laughs> it, seems <laughs> so so, it seems so interesting, right, so, um, but yeah, so um i am at the point where i'm running out of intelligent things to say yeah we've also (laughs) done nearly we've also done nearly 90 minutes so we'll start winding it down but just if people are wanting to fight i know you said you've just came back onto the social media a lot if people are looking to follow you and find out more about you where can they head to and we'll tag this in the notes and add it onto all the feeds that we send out
0: perfect uh instagram is where anything everything comes from so uh at laura zara just my name and um any kind of updates or whatever that i have i always i'm pretty good at putting on there and keep pretty up to date with posting about my life so um if you want to just casually stalk me you can always feel free to do that
1: not in person (laughs) not in person just just (laughs) on social media
0: well try to find me try to keep up and you can (laughs) then
1: yeah And if you're yeah. going to DM her, be respectful. If you're going to DM respectful. or be respectful.
0: Or I'm probably going to put you on blast and have my friend Kayla dress you up in a weird costume with your genitals. So. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have fun with it.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's um, wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, episode 51 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast with the great and powerful era. Laura Zera. Laura, has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for your time this evening.
0: Thank you guys so much.
1: Silly Goose Gang Podcast.